0: everybody happy april and welcome to another episode of our podcast uh this is monica and with me are my two friends chelsea and missy hello to both of you
1: hi
0: happy sunday
1: happy sunday
0: happy sunday i'm guessing it's i guess it's all sunny (laughs) for all of us (laughs) yes it is yes Where is it hotter? Is it for for you, Missy?
1: I think so. We're in the 80s today.
2: Yeah.
0: I think it's probably a little cooler for me. What's the temperature like where you are, Chelsea? It is a sunny 77. Okay, so 80s, 70s, and then I'm in the sunny 60s. (laughs) Alrighty then. Well, I know we were doing like a check-in earlier. Uh, that was, I I think that could have covered the full <laughs> the full episode. <laughs>
1: Probably.
0: Yeah, but as I was talking to both of you, um, I wanted to maybe extend some of those conversations that we've all been having in terms of how our self-care has been changing ever since we started this journey. Um, And also just in conversations that I've had with other friends as well, Um, and uh, and just uh, what I've noticed in terms of, like, changes that I've experienced comparing myself to undergrad, then grad school, then, in my case, um, internship, and then postdoc. So I I thought maybe it'd be a a good conversation to have, that way our, our listeners could understand that. Self care can change for you. But I think, from maybe something I wish I would have done earlier, is to actually have had this episode when I was like an undergrad or grad school to understand that self care is not just like these things that you have to do, kind of like a checkbox, but more so like integrating it into your lifestyle. So I wanted to check in with both of you in terms of um, how did maybe taking care of yourself change or evolve throughout your experience? And it's a pretty open open question, but we'll see where this conversation leads us. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know if anybody would like to start.
2: Yeah, I can start with some ideas and, I'm sure as this usually happens as the two of you speak, um, Mm -hmm. give me more ideas. (laughs) And so, yeah,
0: we can jump back and
2: forth Yeah,
0: (laughs) or it'll only be this one time. Chelsea, you can't talk anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Get one chance.
2: Um, yeah. So before starting grad school for me, I don't think that I really thought about self-care, at least not in an intentional kind of way because Mm -hmm. I grew up in such a way where I was always busy doing something I was um very you know focused on like going to school every day and then I always kind of had extracurriculars in place for me which was a lot of times sports in my situation Mm -hmm. um so or or I was spending a lot of time uh at church so I always was spending my time doing something I was essentially like supposed to be doing and I never really got to figure out for myself what um, what is it genuinely that I like to do to take care Mm -hmm. of myself and or that I need right like what kind of fits in with who I am and how I like to do things and so I feel like I can't really speak as much to how things have changed at this point as much as I can to like how they've kind of developed, like Mm -hmm. just gotten established Yeah, Um, because that really took, I feel a number of years (laughs) to to sit Mm -hmm. through the sort of murkiness of that in grad school. Um, I, a lot of coping, I feel like I've done hasn't been, coping that's good for me or good, always good for my body. Mm -hmm. Um, at least, you know, in the more, um, if I'm, if I'm not aware, super aware of my mental state and things like that. Um, but I think social support for me is always a theme with coping with the way that I like to cope. Um, you know, doing things that feel, Lighthearted, like I'm having um, fun experiences or lively experiences with people around me, Um, hearing live music and hearing about what's going on in other people's lives, things like that. I've always thought of as self-care and that comes with a balance of Mm -hmm. needing to have some time to myself when my Mm -hmm. social media is getting kind of low. Yeah. So I'm really still learning, uh, what self-care kind of looks like for me, but I think I'll say it's, um, it's developed in such a way where I'm, I'm more attuned now to thinking about, okay, what if, what do I need? Like, what does my body need? What does my
0: Mm
2: -hmm. mind need right now? And, um, you know, what does that look like, and right now that kind of looks like like working out. I really love to do that, or take a walk, Mm -hmm. and music is always nice. So I try to incorporate those things in as much as possible, um, or as frequently as possible. Um, Yeah, kind of getting lost in the weeds there, but um, another thing that's really pertains kind of to my coping is like cooking and trying to make sure that I'm that I am having a healthy relationship like with food and how I nourish my body do I drink enough water um Mm -hmm. these are all things that really started to come more into my awareness in grad school and still uh, it's still a journey so yeah I'll stop there see what y'all have to say yeah, and maybe I'll just add to that because,
0: you know, since we all shared the grad school experience together, I'm very aware that there were, like, very particular times that were stressful. Like, for example, like, uh, proposing our dissertation or master's thesis, the times when we had a study for, like, particular exams, um, prepping for a comprehensive exam. So, they were very, like, specific times throughout our career that were also mm-hmm. very stressful, like even just applying for graduate school or applying for internships. I wonder maybe taking those into consideration, were there any particular things that you feel like would have been helpful, whether they were things that you did do or maybe now looking back, things that you wish you might've done to help you through that process? Because I feel like it's things that people just know it's gonna happen. But Mm -hmm. then nobody really talks about like, okay, well, these are like XYZ steps that you need to do, but nobody talks about like the emotional toll. Yeah. And either of you can jump into it and you can also add more to it, Missy, if you want or Chelsea. Yeah.
1: I think for me, um, I'm definitely still trying to figure out, you know, kind of what, self-care means to me how it's looked for me and I think it really depends on what I'm needing to cope with what I'm you know experiencing what situation I'm in what resources I have available Um, in undergrad for sure I did not know what self-care was I just studied did work went to work try to get into grad school and then in grad school you know I talked a lot about self-care and in classes and stuff like there was a lot of talk about mm. self-care and there was a lot of talk about doing things as self-care but I think as I'm um, working more as a professional and just like growing as a person I'm starting to realize for myself self-care are not just things I do uh, mm. because sometimes self-care are things I don't do uh, so like for instance for me a, a, a thing that I've had to give up during the stage of my life is watching soccer on Saturdays and it makes me really sad <laughs> It makes me really sad, you know, yeah. because in the past, watching soccer on Saturdays was my self care. But yeah. now, my self care is giving up soccer on Saturday so that I can study, and it's oh my goodness, Missy, you know, like, this is such a big deal. It's such a big deal, and so now I just like, you know, make myself content with watching the highlights. When in, yeah, that was like unacceptable, like highlight.
0: Oh, for sure. And <laughs> yeah. and for listeners, I know you don't you do, you all don't know this, but I have witnessed Missy go above and beyond to make sure she does not miss <laughs> those soccer episodes. So yes. her saying that she has not been seeing soccer is like what
1: it's been it's been rough. it's, you know, because there was a time when my entire weekend schedule revolved around a soccer game or two soccer games. Yep, I I remember. You know, like <laughs> you, you can't ask me to leave my apartment before a certain time because I have a yeah. game. I but could now, tell when your team would lose. Just yeah, I would by be how quick. you showed up. <laughs> very cranky, very very cranky. But now it's it's been the opposite, and so like I think my definition. And my practice of self-care has also expanded to include things that I'm not able to do or things that I choose not to do to make space for other things. Um, And self-care also, I think for me, has meant just like beyond the practice of things, Mm
2: -hmm. just
1: figuring out when and how to be my best self Mm -hmm. and how to prioritize my best self. Um, I don't have the answers I'm still figuring it out, but that's kind of where I am now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's real. I'm so sorry you haven't been
1: watching your soccer. It, I, I it hope. sucks. <laughs> it really sucks. And my team lost yesterday, and I had to sit oh. and just watch the highlights. And mm. I was like, "What is my life?" But it's only temporary.
0: The it World is Cup temporary.
1: Is out, so I'm studying the for the a licensure. Cup,
0: Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, I was just saying, by the
1: time of the World Cup, I'm, I must be available because if not, I'm going to lose my mind.
2: Fingers crossed, prayers to you. Hopefully it works out. Thank you. There have been a lot of times, though, along the way that, like in those, um, critically, we'll say critically stressful times. Yes. Particularly like outliers. (laughs) Yes. Um, where, One thing I really wish I would have reminded myself of or really tried to um, understand more is that, like, this is temporary. Mm -hmm. Even with, um, like, studying for comps or currently right now we're studying for the EPPP. And Mm -hmm. I'm getting through that currently by telling myself, okay, it's only another month, like, one month of... Doing things that you sort of, at least in my mind, don't want to do. I don't feel like doing it. But you just Mm -hmm. have to. Yeah. Um, And seeing, trying to hold on to what is the benefit of getting through it, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's something I wish I would have done differently, as well as maybe Mm -hmm. reaching out more for family support. Um... But there have been times along the way in grad school, maybe two of you can relate to this, where I didn't feel, I didn't feel like my family could really, you know, fully understand. So I didn't oh my gosh, friend. feel like yes. explaining everything <laughs> to them. Um, so it's like I'm just living in this different. It's a
0: different world. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Totally. For sure.
0: I am totally in there with you and and uh, being a daughter of immigrant parents and also a first generation college student. Like, yes, it's a whole different world. I explained some things to parents. And even when I was studying for the our comprehensive exams, like I, I literally cried every day for a month, every single day. But something I did was also I called my parents every day And I think for them, it was hard to hear me be so stressed, but they also didn't know what to do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And sometimes I had to give them directions in terms of like what I needed them to do, which is like, nomás me porras, like just cheer for me, just tell me that I can because I don't believe this for myself right now. And that's what I needed in in those moments. Um, But yeah, I I definitely relate to that. Mm -hmm. And that's hard, too, when your support system isn't always very, they don't really fully understand what graduate school is. But maybe just thinking a little bit more about this whole experience. um, I had a thought, but it escaped me. I hope it returns. But something (laughs) that I was thinking is like this whole concept of like taking care of yourself and self-care. I learned about it when I was in graduate school. My parents didn't promote this kind of stuff. They were always like, work really hard. And if they ever asked you to do something like give them a little extra more. And that was the mentality that I grew up with. And so I've always just been grinding. And I rarely had pauses to celebrate each milestone which is one thing I wish I would have done more. Like truly celebrate in whatever way felt Authentic to me each thing that I accomplished instead of just saying, okay, I did that. Okay, what's the next thing? I did so much of that and I feel like in some ways I still do so it's It really takes an intentionality to slow down but then um, the other thing too is uh, remembering why I'm doing this Why am I doing this studying? Why am I wanting to get my licensure exam? Why did I go to graduate school?
1: Yeah,
0: And I don't know if you two ever experienced this, where you, mm-hmm. you've you gotten so into what you're doing that you kind of forgot, like, why are, am I even doing this? Because you're yeah. just so focused on what's next. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, pulling down. Were you going to say something, Missy?
1: No, I was just thinking about how sometimes I have to, like, remind myself, like, why did I even choose to do this because there could have been other professions mm-hmm. I think I think I could have been like a successful food taster and like, <laughs> you know and a I blogger been, food
0: traveler yeah, food traveler I could have soccer food. player I don't know
1: about that one <laughs> but you know like sometimes it's, it's just helpful for me to to remind myself why I'm here and and I think even that in itself is self-care Mm -hmm. In trying to focus on like your why. Trying to focus on what is it that is driving you. And sometimes that changes. Sometimes it's uncomfortable to like address why. Maybe that why may need to change. Or that why is maybe getting a little unhealthy. Or that why needs to be Mm -hmm. popped up a bit or whatever. But for me, reminding myself, you know, like why am I doing this? Why do I care so much about this? Helps make. Caring for myself a little easier because ultimately I want to be able to support my clients. And if I am mm-hmm. not well, if I, yeah. you know, if I'm not caring for myself, it, it's really hard to mm-hmm. be my most authentic self for my clients.
2: Yeah. That's such and a I, good point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. we all know that this is, this can be pretty draining work when. Mm-hmm you're already stressed and on top of this you're uh, trying to be fully present for each one of the individuals you're working with yeah
2: we really do though have it's more of an ethical duty when you think about it to Mm -hmm. to take care of ourselves (laughs) and make sure like you said missy that we're well enough to be able to um show up and do the job and pr- fulfill our role and mm-hmm. the best we can on that day and, yeah you know, we well, yeah. do the best we can so mm-hmm. well ethical in the sense and
0: and for listeners there there are literally ethical guidelines that state this <laughs> so there's that part and i also think this like, us practicing, like, taking care of ourselves, just for the sake of doing it, just because we deserve it, okay. and I feel like Oops. I didn't hear a lot of that throughout my training, Um I, until more recently, like, internship, I feel like that's the space where I felt like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about this differently, but it also made me remember of a conversation I had with Um, one of my training directors in a a seminar with the rest of my cohort, we were supposed to talk about like how to promote (laughs) self-care. And that conversation became uh, why self-care is hard. And I didn't realize how much I was just needing that kind of talk in terms of just explaining that it's not just a simple, oh, make sure you sleep. Make sure yeah. you eat, make sure you exercise, but actually explain to somebody else why certain things are challenging and are difficult. It's not because I don't understand them. It's just because there are certain things that I feel like have been wired, part of it within my cultures, part of it within my family, that have literally made self-care really hard what that even means like even just taking a sick day off i think we've all had conversations about why we feel guilty about that or why we feel like like it's not just easy to take a day off even mm-hmm. though like we know it's okay i don't mm-hmm. know if maybe i'm just talking about this. <laughs> no. but have you ever had that moment where it's just like i want to take a sick i want to call in sick because i'm I'm not feeling good, not, like, physically, but, like, I feel like I need a mental break.
1: Yeah. And just making yourself go into work because for some some reason, sometimes, like, I feel like if I called and needed a mental health break, even though I am a mental health provider, I mm-hmm. would be asked to, like, explain why or I would be asked to justify why I need a break. And the thought of, like, justifying makes me so uncomfortable
0: Mm-hmm. That, for
1: me, I'll just like suck it up and go to work and be grumpy,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I am thinking about that. and especially this past year, in a since since I've begun my um, new job mm-hmm. because that can be another like a stressor too Yeah. Sort of beginning yeah. something new and you th- there's this maybe pressure of, well, like I need to um, earn these days off. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm yeah really not ask for anything extra because I just got here yeah and you know I find myself I have found myself wanting to like schedule in a sick day for like a Mm -hmm. mental health day but then I I didn't because I think well I need to save this for when I'm really sick oh yes I (laughs) relate to that so much yeah Uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh I mean I have to say too I work with A group of people who really um, it's not like it's we don't really speak about it uh, frequently Mm -hmm. but whenever Mm -hmm. we do have conversations around days off and self care um, the the higher ups the leaders in my agency do really encourage us to use our days and um, encourage us to you know be mindful that we are people too and um, so we have really good messages coming from our bosses. So that's yeah. always a nice thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and same here for me. I feel, uh, thankfully, where I am, people do promote like taking days off. And I've also seen that modeled. And then I've also had supervisors encourage that. I think it's not the I don't have the support thing. It's more so like I I've been so used to doing something else. It's taking me a while for things to really sink in and tell myself that it's actually okay yeah and like really believing that like Mm -hmm. from from my body understanding that like it's okay monica to take a day off (laughs) like you don't have to be super sick to take a day off even if you're just like wanting to take um a mental health day and just being okay with that but it's a work in progress and I feel I feel proud, at least, for what has been changing. Maybe although I'm not quite where I want to be yet, but um, I think just talking about this and having this conversation can sometimes be helpful to also just promote change.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that.
0: Yeah. And I don't... Something else that I was thinking throughout this process um I I think maybe at some point for people that study counseling or something related to like the mental health field I've had like my mom promotes that and she talked to other family members about it and so then I get family members that sometimes reach out to me Um, asking for certain advice or support and then I feel like it crosses certain boundaries and something that I've noticed for me too is like how how is taking care of myself extending into other areas of my life and like one example I can think of is I used to not put boundaries or talk about boundaries with my family or tell them I can't call home this particular day because it's gonna be a really long day and I and I just need to wind down and not call in and hear about like family stressors for example. And that's been something a bit newer for me. Like just setting boundaries with my family. And I wonder if maybe for you both, if you can think of how has maybe taking care of yourselves extended to other areas of your life. So not just Your identity as a professional psychologist, but also um, as a friend or as a partner, or in other areas of your life that you feel comfortable sharing about, maybe things Mm -hmm. that you've noticed.
2: Oh, did you want to go? Oh no, I was just taking a big, a big breath in. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Practicing our mantra, I see. <laughs>
2: um, for me,
1: it's I think at the early part of school, you know, it was hard. it was hard to to do boundaries, so it was hard to have my self-care sort of extend beyond my professional identity. And now, as a particularly as a friend, um, sometimes, You know, as as much as I want to support my friends and as much as I want to show up for my family and as much as I want to be there, sometimes I have to, like, literally remind people that, like, majority of my time is spent talking to people. Mm -hmm. And so when I come out of work, the first thing I do not want to do is launch into another long conversation. (laughs) I just need, you know, I just need some time to decompress. Um, and so what I've done now is when I come home, sometimes I'll take a nap. Sometimes I will put my phone on silent and just go for a walk to decompress so that I can be a better friend when I'm mm-hmm. well rested. And I have, you know, sort of, I think about it as like taking off my my, my work cloak because at work, yeah. I'm, I'm a psychologist at work. I, you know, I I listen and I empathize and I um, I ask probing questions and I, create spaces for people and i want to do that in my work life but when i've done that for eight hours i can't just launch right into it and do it for like another eight hours um and and it's something i'm still learning to communicate because i think sometimes you know like when you're not in this type of work it's a little harder to not to understand but like to see in a way how silence now is like <laughs> so valued um mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm even making any sense, but that's kind of what I'm navigating with now. And a, a thing that I've learned to, to communicate is, and I'm still learning this, but a friend had started this with me before she, you know, kind of talks about anything. She'll ask me, mm-hmm. are, you, are you in the mental space? To mm-hmm. have this conversation with me. Are yeah. you mentally if you able? Have bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you do you have the mental bandwidth to sit with me through this? And so that's mm-hmm. something that I will sometimes ask myself when I get a call. Like, do I have the mental bandwidth to receive this call? And if mm-hmm. I don't, then I don't take the call. So for anyone who's yeah. called me and I didn't call, I will call <laughs> you back. <laughs> Just yeah. in
0: that moment, I didn't have the We will band. get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's yeah. all I have to say on the topic.
0: <laughs> yeah. How about for
2: you, Chelsea? Yeah. For me, what's coming up with what has sort of extended to other areas of my life with self care is the concept of boundaries um, and the way that that's looked for me. So, oh, you'll know I always have to give like a ton of backstory, um, but mm-hmm. I guess. I feel like for much for much of my life I have sort of um you know tried to be in a sense what other people wanted to see of me or what they mm-hmm. wanted mm-hmm. or thought of me and um that really leads to having very bad boundaries with yourself
0: mm-hmm. because
2: you don't know where yourself kind of ends and begins and you know are you doing this because you really want to or are you doing this because other people are expecting you to Mm
1: -hmm.
2: yeah Mm -hmm. that is something that you know it's taken a long time for me to build insight to and and I'm still learning kind of what to do with that but yeah
0: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah that really led to me having some very blurry or non-existent boundaries like with myself and taking care of mm-hmm. myself and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And now that I'm aware of that, I find it easier and it, it makes more sense in my mind to, to not have to like over-explain myself to people or yeah. feel the, ne- the need to be um, understood mm-hmm. by everyone. Like
0: justifying why you're
2: needing to take care of
0: yourself sometimes
2: yeah yes justifying why I'm needing to take care of myself or even um feeling the need to justify Mm -hmm. simply my presence and how I show up authentically yeah uh because that's oftentimes not what other people want to see and so Mm -hmm. you know um I think we can all kind of relate to that in some way but um Yeah, for me, that has been, that has looked like giving less energy uh, to people that maybe I know um, are not going to meet me, are not going to give the effort to try to um, have like a real relationship with me or not going to, you know. Engage with me like in an authentic way. I don't mm-hmm. really try anymore to get those people to, you know, to teach them something or to try to help them or, or help them understand or change their mindset. Like that's, that's yeah. not my role. That's not mm-hmm. my, that's not within my, my bounds because yeah. we all, we all have so much space and energy mm-hmm. to give. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, I find that in the long run, doing that, giving those things to people, including myself, who it feels like it's worth it. And it feels like Mm -hmm. there's some growth happening and it's fruitful. And if we, we all feel valued, um, that's, that's a huge self-care concept, right? In itself. So Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely
0: Yeah, thank you so much for for sharing that Chelsea, because that's extending like other things that came up for me as you were sharing that Um, it extends to uh, like, for example, when you have family members that uh, have very um, ignorant views or can be like, for example, racist or or homophobic, for example, and I certainly have family members uh, that where our values and beliefs don't quite match and sometimes self-care for me has also looked like when do I decide to engage and disengage from those kinds of conversations and me being from a a Latino uh, collectivistic culture where a lot of it's like respect your elders and respect people who are older than you Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's like people don't just because somebody's older than me doesn't mean like they're always deserving of my respect, right? Mm-hmm. That's the, the way I feel about it. Mm-hmm. But it also makes me think about ways in which me and my family, and by family I mean like my parents uh, and I, have grown. Because a lot of I feel like my personal healing and self care has also been engaged been in engaging in conversations with uh, more. Uh, particularly with my mother, about generational things that have happened, things in the family that aren't healthy, and really taking a minute to really break that down and understand that. And I feel like uh, for me personally, I've I've had a lot of meaningful conversations with my mother and with, with both of my parents or around things that have happened in her family and things that have happened in their family and things that have happened even before I was born and how this has transformed. But a lot of it has also been part of the culture and things have been traditional, but just because things are part of the culture or or traditional doesn't mean that they're healthy Mm -hmm. or healing. A lot Mm -hmm. of this can be very traumatic. And and so healing and self-care has been changing some of these patterns along with my family and also engaging in conversations with my clients around this because I think there's so much um, self-blame that I think sometimes happens where it's like why does this feel so hard or why am I struggling so much with this and it's like honey you're holding like generations (laughs) of of things that have happened how can you possibly work through this yourself like it it truly takes community and and a village sometimes to be able to fully embrace self-care and so sometimes I get quite angry when people just say take care of yourself but you're not in a environment or in a community that promotes that and that practices this with you this with you And also models that. Mm -hmm. And so, and so I guess my, if there's a message I would like for listeners to have is that self care is not necessarily like an individual thing all the time. Sometimes it's a community thing. And so how is your environment supporting that? And if maybe your environment isn't, then it's not just all on you, you know, there's systems that need to change. There's uh unfortunately, a lot of uh, beliefs in this nation that aren't healing and promoting of of self-care that certain demographic groups or communities need. And Mm -hmm. I truly believe that all of that affects you. Microaggressions affect you. Mm -hmm. Comments people say affect you. And it's like, how do you self-care against that? And I, the thing is that with a lot of like hurt and, and pain, like this thrives in silence. And so when you don't have community or people to engage in conversations around this, then it's like, you're suffering alone. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm so grateful to have you both. And again, I, I'll never stop saying this, like truly like surviving graduate school has been possible because there's been some sense of community. I don't know what, what you all think (laughs) based on what I said. Yeah. I, I really,
1: you know, I think you really summed it up and I really appreciate you saying that and reminding us that self-care sometimes takes community work and, you know, healing doesn't happen in isolation. Mm -hmm. It rarely happens in a vacuum because you could be taking care of yourself and then people just really coming up. I don't, I really love to use bad
0: words. I think so. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> words are just
1: words. Yes. <laughs> people just come at you with some bullshit every day. Yes.
0: Every day.
1: You know, and it's not conducive. Mm-hmm. Can't it, It's not conducive. So I really appreciate that. It, it really takes conscious effort from people in our community to also recognize how, you know, we can all contribute to one another's self-care and healing and mm-hmm. take accountability when we're get it in our own way and when we're getting in others ways as well
0: yeah yep yeah sometimes letting go of of relationships that are very toxic and and instead of that don't have repair and letting go i think is also part of of that self-care like it's mm-hmm. okay to sometimes mm-hmm. let go of people Or for me, like to not maybe have a relationship with certain family members and having, you know, again, back to what we were talking initially, boundaries, and that it's okay to do that. Uh, Well, this was uh, a lot, it could, I think a lot of this can go into different directions, and there could definitely be more parts to that. Um, but I really appreciate you both sharing what you did and um, and just having this space. And, and I think, as I might have said before, even just doing the podcast feels um, healing for me. And it feels like community. And it really makes me reflect and pause about our journey throughout here. So I'm grateful for both of you. Yeah,
1: same here. Same here. I definitely echo those sentiments. It's It was a fun four years with you all. It was a uh, yeah, like we went through some things. We went through we some things.
0: Did. Yeah. We sure did. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it feels well, like it really kind of flew by in a sense, even though mm-hmm. it, it didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, it really did, though. Like those
0: years in grad school went by really fast, mm-hmm. except certain classes I can think yeah, of in particular.
1: First- <laughs> yeah like the summers will fly by and then the actual semesters would just they felt like you were like literally having to like pull the semester along with you
0: yeah yeah i'm glad some classes promoted your novel writing skills
1: yes (laughs) yes i discovered many many (laughs) talents but that's all we're going to say on that topic yeah Uh, yeah email us if you want some more information
0: yes (laughs) Y'all, Missy is a really good writer. Thank Um, you. Thank you for saying that. Fiction is... (laughs) You (laughs) you know, it was self-care too.
1: It was self-care too. (laughs) It was.
0: It was. (laughs) Well, I'll wrap up there for our episode today. Thank you to both of you. And as a reminder, if any of you have emails or, well, most of people have emails. If you want to send us an email, <laughs> feel free to reach us at podcast.jtc@gmail.com at and our social media accounts. Yeah, JTc-
1: and don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just
2: JTC Podcast on yeah. Instagram.
1: Mm-hmm. And the JTC Podcast
0: on Twitter. Thank you. So any as a. For, or ending any thoughts in terms of advice or a quote or something you want to leave your listeners with. Um, I just had practical words,
1: you know. As someone who just really struggles through the spring because of pollen allergies, mm-hmm. I am I am sending positive vibes, prayers, and thoughts <laughs> to other members of the community that suffer from allergies. Um, and in general terms, you know, it's getting hot. So y'all remember to stay hydrated.
0: Yes. Water is important.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Good reminder. Yeah. And actually, yes, you know, sometimes self-care can be uh, something simple as just doing something for your body. Yes. Remember to get up and stretch once in a while if you're sitting for too long. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us um happy april and remember everybody to breathe in and breathe out out. we got it right we got it (laughs) yay thank you all have a good day hasta luego bye bye y'all